Appreciate y'all tuning into another episode of the Bliss is Ignorant podcast, man. This is Jay Bliss, man, and I am joined today um, by a veteran in the game, man. A cat that <laughs> I've watched early, early on in my idea of actually even thinking about doing comedy. I saw this cat kill it back in the day in the in the, in the late '90s or mid '90s. wasn't even late. It was mid '90s. Um, oh, yeah. My man Michael Sean is in the building, man. What's good, man? What's good, Bliss? Was is bliss is ignorant, ignorance, yes. right? Bliss is ignorant, yes. Bliss is ignorant, and it's funny because I always say ignorance is bliss. Yeah. Because a lot of the times in my career, I would have never made it if I would have known better. <laughs> we gonna talk. We gonna talk about. We gonna talk about all that. We gonna talk about all that. And, and, and it would say, I would tell you like this, Mike. And it's like you don't remember me. I remember you um, because of uh, Nate Maddox. Yeah. And, uh, and so Nate, you know, Nate, Nate was uh, bliss is ignorant. So Nate, Nate never knew a bad idea. Like Nate, Nate, Nate never knew a bad That's idea. Nate. Everything was going to work with <laughs> Nate. Right? So I just remember um, going to his shows that he had in Camden. I remember going to a show when I first saw you at a bowling alley. Oh, shit. And, and like, uh, was it? It was Willingboro. Yeah, it was like Willingboro. It was, it was off of Route 130. Yeah, off of 130. As with a park. As with a yeah. park. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's like, um, I saw that and I'm like, I was like, yo, hey, this cat is like making cats laugh. And like, I was always funny to people, but I never right. really thought about doing comedy, which is like one of those things. At the time, I had a corporate job. I had just graduated college. I wasn't thinking about comedy. You know what I mean? Right, right, right. But then like, I just had those, rem I just had rem remember early on and and when i think back to it were you just starting back then oh let me let me flash back i stopped yeah. drinking i stopped drinking but let me flash back <laughs> um, i think yeah that was early that was uh -huh. early cuz that that show i want to think like 96 97 something no, like that i remember that show and a I dude named, a dude named Todd had something to do with that show and uh. then I think it was a few years later where I did Showtime at the Apollo as a guest. Uh -huh. So that was early on. That was definitely early on because the person who came with me was my ex-wife. So that was way. Yes. Yeah, that was in the beginning. That was yeah. in the beginning, yo. So so when I think back to that time, um, I do remember, I remember a couple bits. But more, most of the stuff that you were doing when you were hosting that room in Camden was just breaking on the crowd. Making mm -hmm. fun of people, just just going in, just right. going in, and that was my idea of comedy. You know what I mean? And fast forward to when I actually got into the game, and then I go back and I think about it. I go, "Yo, Mike was wilding." Like, I guess <laughs> it was like there wasn't a lot of material, but you was consistently on stage every week like, like you was up there just going in with people and i was like yo that's and I, I think about it now like i don't know if i could do that even knowing no. even been doing comedy 15 i've been doing comedy for 10 years but just to stand on stage and go in on people the way you would do it every every week i'd be like nah that's crazy i wouldn't do that the, i think I, the total i did have an hour set yeah i had an hour set but the problem was the blessing and the curse was I was in front of these same people every month. Yes. And and ignorance is bliss. Right. I didn't 
I was like, I was so happy to be on stage that I was just like, I didn't have any per, like low rules. It was just like, okay, this is what I've seen <laughs> other people do. I'm gonna get up here and I'm just gonna, like I have no game plan. Like literally right. there was there was no game plan. And that just, but it led me into being able to trigger somebody in a crowd to trigger it into an actual concept for a joke. Right. And a lot of my jokes that I still have in the, in the catalog were based on people, me seeing people at the Woodbine Inn. I remember, if you remember the yeah, Woodbine Inn. I remember Woodbine Inn too, yeah. And being out there and it just created, and then it was just like, it was so raw yeah. that you basically, you built up your boldness. Like you, you, you had to be reckless in a certain way to just be like, fuck it, I'm going for this. Like I'm, I'm going, I'm already knee deep in it. If yeah. they don't laugh at this, it's a wrap. You right. know what I'm saying? So, right. So, and at that point, it was just like, that's what I saw. I just saw people and I wanted to make them laugh. And once, you know what it is, and you know exactly what it is. Once the laughter starts, the laughter's the instigator. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and once that drug hits you, it's on and popping then. Right. Like, you, right. you really don't care if somebody's going to fuck you up after the show. <laughs> like, you actually, you really, you really will take the ass whipping. <laughs> because this drug is in you like dog is and in your mind you like it's worth it right right like it's worth it but man though that the fact that you brought that up because i didn't even know because you know nate was behind the woodbine mm -hmm. in the first yeah. comedy mm -hmm. he was behind that he brought that to me mm -hmm. and i was like yo let's do it and i just happened to be doing comedy and doing the radio on the weekends mm -hmm. so i could promote it ignorance mm -hmm. is bliss again I was right. not supposed to promote that comedy show without paying for commercial time. <laughs> right, 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 right. So, so you don't know what you don't know. Like that's why I, that's why I wanted to bring you on because I'm like I'm like let's let's rewind because I know what I know now. But I'm right. like, yo, that's not what was happening back then. And it was like it's like even when you even today, like you know better now, right? So you get that phone call and you go, yo, Mike, I got this show, man. I got this idea. I want you to come in and do some comedy. You go, yo, that ain't gonna work. And you go, yo, it'll work. You're like, nah, dude, y'all got TVs everywhere. It's a sports bar. Like, that's not gonna work. You know what I'm saying? Yes. No, you can't wow. tell a promoter that everything ain't for comedy. You go, yo, that's not going to work for comedy. It's you know? not. But right. the 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 funny thing about is being in them awkward positions. Like I remember being in Charlotte doing a comedy show in a pool hall and they shut down all the pool tables except the one that was right behind the stage. So, so the pool, I could hear them playing pool and I could hear them calling the you know corner shots or whatever. So you knew you knew you was killing it when they stopped, right? right like you, right. you had them, like you know you was ripping when that pool table stopped playing. And once you heard a ball crack, you realized you lost them. And it was, and mind you, you can't even see these dudes. You can't even see them. Like you just like, yo, the pressure. But the one thing I experienced is by doing those rooms. Right. And, and getting that fearlessness in you. Because look, you get jaded as we get older. Absolutely. And we start, we start doing shows where you might be, you're doing theaters, you're doing actual comedy clubs. You're working out material. You're actually structuring your set. You're taking them on a journey. Mm -hmm. But we forget that fearlessness that we had in them bullshit rooms yes. is, is something that fueled us because it was mm -hmm. like, put me anywhere. Like the worst show, I, the worst show I ever did, I was told it was going to be the worst show. Kevin Hart, <laughs> Kevin Hart booked me in Atlantic City. <laughs> and he said, Mike, 
this show is the worst, but they got a budget, right? And he right. was hosting it. He was hosting it in Atlantic City. I don't think it started till like after midnight. I think <laughs> we started like quarter to one or some crazy shit. And Kevin said, yo, don't take none of it. Because, you know, I Kevin's first paid show was at the Woodmont Inn. Kevin Hart's first paid show. Mm -hmm. So Kevin's gangster ass, you know, his... His rise was because of his work ethic. Kevin didn't give a fuck. Right, like, right. So Kev said, listen, don't take it personal, Mike. They're not going to listen to anything you say. He said, but they won't boo. But they're not going to listen to anything you say. So my cocky ass was like, yeah, get the fuck out of here. They're going to listen, right? Right. I have never had people not boo me, but at the same time, disrespect me the way they did, dog. <laughs> they never stopped talking, yo. Like, no, I was hitting them. With at that time in my life, I said, like, literally, I skipped over my first 15 minutes and I went to the last 15 minutes. Right. I was like, I'm going to get you. But my point in the whole thing was that fearlessness was something that sometimes I got to remind myself of that attitude. Yeah. yeah. You know well, what I'm saying? It's, it's humbling, you know, like the humbleness that you get from being as vulnerable as we are being on stage, right? But then, like, um, the bomb, like the, the art of the bomb, right? Mm -hmm. uh, the bomb, <laughs> the bomb only, the bomb only impacts you if you don't acknowledge it. Like you, the fact when you try to ignore the fact that you bombed and you try to act like that shit didn't happen, you'd be like, yo, mm -mm, no, dude, own that, own that, man. Like take that on because it makes you stronger. You know? Yes. And and I'm the asshole that if you my man's and we out <laughs> and you bomb. Oh, you ain't going home, cuz. Hey, dinner on me, bro. Cause we're gonna uh -huh. talk about this shit for the rest of the night. You know what I'm saying? Like, no, <laughs> but you ex but you exactly fucking right. I remember I had an older dude tell me, uh, he was like, Doug, you are gonna bomb. And we right. were having we were drinking at the bar. He said, but don't be the bitch ass mm. that bombs and runs out the place. Right. Right. He said, confront the whole thing, don't mm -hmm. hide. Don't hide from that crowd who's going to either ignore you when they come back and walk by you or they might say something crazy to you. He said, you got to, like you said, you got to face up to the, that's part of the fucking game. Own it, man. Because, because um, it's like, uh, it's like the feeling, like you said, the, the feeling or the show that you remember in Atlantic City, quarter to, uh, quarter to one show, you remember that one because it made you feel a certain way. And it's like, even if you get to a part that you kind of feel that way doing a show. It ain't going to feel like that. And then you even know, because even after that, you was like, I should have said this. Like, you yep. driving home, like, I should have said that. I should have started with that. That probably would have got that. your attention. You know what I'm so, saying? <laughs> and, and, and I don't know about you, but the worst thing about comedians is I could tear a place down, right? Mm -hmm. And on a ride home, I say, but I could have also just, why yeah. didn't I do the one? But I guess that's, that's what you're supposed to do if you're an artist. Absolutely. But you also got to grip it and enjoy the moment and not, you know what I'm saying, not get too caught up in it. Absolutely. Because, no, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. Nah, it's like, it's like, um, it's like if people knew what we thought about while we were on stage versus like enjoying the moment is, is having an organic situation happen outside of your set. Mm -hmm. And you captivating it and going, damn, that was genius, right? having a good time, being on stage, every joke working, and then you get done and go, what the fuck did I say that caused that <laughs> other thing to happen? You know what I'm saying? Because you want to recreate. Uh, 
You know what I'm saying? You want to recreate it to happen. And it's like, uh, it's it's funny because we could be on stage and be like, yo, did I lead an iron on? You know what I'm saying? I thought of some shit on stage. And sometimes it goes, when you're working a lot, lot, obviously COVID-19 has made it so that everybody, we can't hit these stages the way we, especially when I was working in New York at Hot 97, where you can hit comedy rooms in New York Sunday through Sunday. Man, and and to be able to constantly hit stages, now your your set is so perfected that you you almost get cocky and you start thinking of dumb shit while you on stage. Like absolutely, like you really on some yo. Does she know my cell phone code? Like does she like right. all of a sudden you start thinking? <laughs> is that why she asked me? That? <laughs> yeah, you be thinking about the whole thing. You know what I mean? And it's it's funny because like every comedian, I feel like got ADD. You know what I mean? Because our, our minds oh, can go yeah. in so many different directions and we do all these oh, different yeah. things. But it's like um, when I like I say early on, like I didn't start doing comedy until 2005. And that was after I was in New Jersey and I moved back to uh, Charlotte, moved mm-hmm. back to Charlotte. Uh, and, and I started getting interested in, in, in doing comedy. Did you do the co- did you do the comedy zone in Charlotte? All that's my home club. That was my that's what my first time I hit the stage was at the comedy zone in Charlotte. Wow. Um, my, I used to my, love that club. But my workout room was the Big Chill and Scandalous, which was the urban room. So I started in mainstream, but my workout room was the urban room. So it was there like- was, There was a run we used to do through mm-hmm. Charlotte. Yeah, so, you, to, so you're talking about back in the day when they had Tickle Me Tuesdays. Right, and that right. Was, that, was with, that was with Chris Funny Man Robinson and Tone X and DS. Yeah, and, and, and Nick, Nick yes. Lewis. Yes. Right. Yes. Now, and then, see, here's the thing. Here's the thing, Mike. <laughs> when I moved back, I remember you coming to town, and I was like, yo, that's Mike Sean. I know him. He's from Philly. And they like, how you know him? I'm like, that was the dude was doing comedy up, up there when I was up there. So I remember you came down. Um, what's my man name? Tommy T. T- Tommy T. But what's the guy's name that uh Oh, why am I drawing a blank? He got he got the uh, cerebral palsy. Oh, Charles Walden. Charles Walden. Charles Walden came through, and I was oh, like, okay, so like all the people start coming through. But like I said, I remember going to South Street and enjoying comedy, going to the Laugh House, seeing you uh, host one night. I think Talent was the headliner. I think it was mm-hmm. another time I was there. Mike Brooks was there, Mike and, I'm, Brooks. and I'm and I'm and I'm like. Uh, and and I'm tripping because I'm getting a chance to meet the comedians after the show. Like they stayed out right, there, right. and I'm like, "Yo, man!" They were shaking hands, whatever. I'm not thinking this is normal. Right, right, right. Of now that I'm in it and I know it, I'm like, "Oh, yeah. that's just a regular meet and greet." You know what I mean? But I always appreciate it when I when a person comes from the show and go, "Yo, it's my first time coming to a comedy show, man. You was hilarious." And I go, "Yo, keep coming, man. Like keep coming to the shows because I remember that feeling. I remember where you were." You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. you know, so well, it is it really is a community. And when when I say we always gotta tell people keep coming, mm-hmm. like the lifeline is these people still coming out to live comedy. We're literally in a stage right now with social media and everything that comedians are almost like jazz artists now. And we wanna <laughs> and we're almost like, listen, I get what you listen to on CDs and, right. and streaming, but you're not going to feel what you feel till you see us in a room of 200 and 250 people. And then you sit there right there. You're not going to feel the same thing. I never, I never thought of it that way, Mike, but that's a good analogy, man. Um, 
you know, and, and it's so different because with the social media and what the people watching social media, they have a they have a palette for that type of yeah. I'm gonna say foolishness. Yeah. So when they come to a comedy show for the first time and they're coming to see a social media entertainer, they're not getting stand up comedy. Right. So the first time they see stand up comedy, they'll go, "That's different. Like that's yeah. not what I. That's not what my taste is for." And some people actually come to see a social media person and see a stand-up comment open up for them Mm -hmm. and then don't like what they see after they go i like the first guy and i go the first guy is a comedian this guy is a performer yeah i mean that's two different things but we have gone through an evolution Mm -hmm. and but this is what our asses get see we (laughs) didn't under we didn't understand what musicians felt like when hip-hop came out wow we we didn't understand that they were like not getting it. They were not getting and for comedians like me and you, mm-hmm. when Instagram when people pop off on Instagram, I never hated on it. I just realized it was a platform and I was gonna have to adjust right to this. But I also knew that these people on Instagram were gonna have to adjust also because when you're the headliner, Woo! it's an it's a it's an hour to an hour and a half. Woo! <laughs> and, when they, and when they come with that anticipation, fire has to be brought. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. Now, t- to give people credit, I've seen Just Hilarious improve a lot. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I've seen her. Her gangster is that she was going to make this shit work. Right. You know what I'm saying? Right. And I've seen her. I've seen these. I've seen Country Wayne and these cats improve a lot. And that's but, come from that come from stage time though. That so, comes from so stage time. So that's what I'm trying to tell people. Like yeah. you, it's not no instant add water and boom, I'm a headliner. Cause I remember seeing El Country Wear early on, and I'm like, dude, you really out here humping a stool? Like, come on, bro. Like you gonna have to write some jokes. Like you cannot yep. come out here and have these people waiting on you for that. You know what I mean? And it's uh-huh. it's crazy because um, and I talk to comedians about this on here too. When you come into the game with a fan base. It's less likely that you're going bomb. Of course, yeah. When yeah. I get on stage, I'm going into a room of 200 something people, strangers that don't know who the hell Jay Bliss is. Yeah. And then, like, I get up there, and now I gotta make them my fans. Yep. You know what I mean? So it's a, it's a it's a different it's a different part of it. You know what I mean? But yeah, yeah that that's and, a that's a good that's a good analogy though. And the other thing I want to say is, and because we interview Country Wayne out here on the radio, and I and I. I hope he didn't think that I was because I knew he was catching heat. I'm uh-huh. not that I'm not that type of person to get mad at somebody because they found out a different way of making it other than right. me, right. other than the way I did. I was like, I'm I'm not in no way trying to disparage anything. I said, you're killing it. Like you're yeah. killing it. I'm just trying to say what you just said. When we started, you had to go to these open mics. And I know I'm gonna sound old now, whatever, whatever. Right. You had to hit these open mics. If you bombed. That bomb stayed. Yeah. <laughs> I could not, I could not record something and delete it. Right. And then re-record it and then try it again. And right. then re- no, it was just if this this bomb is sticking until I come back either on the stage or hit another stage. Right. So it was a little more severe in that you really wanted to kill yourself after a bad set. <laughs> <you're> like, <laughs> 
But you know what? You know what, Mike? You know what stops us from wanting to kill ourselves, though? We might feel that way for the moment. Mm -hmm. But we had the feeling of the high that you get when you do great. Oh, oh, yeah. And that 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 trumps everything because that's the that's the drug that you continuously chase. Yep. That feeling. You know yep. what I mean? That feeling, that high of getting off stage. And people just cheering, yelling, screaming, and you like, I, I killed that shit. It could be five I, minutes, it could be 50. It don't matter. It don't matter, right. And I tell people all the time, they be like, like if I had to choose between knocking off the baddest chick or ripping a stage, I said, dog, I can simulate knocking off the baddest chick. Yeah. I can't simulate that feeling. You know what I'm saying? Like mm. I can watch Pornhub and right. get the feeling of it. I right. can't simulate what happens that feel you literally almost can't even describe. You can't. I um I tell people like first time I hit the stage, man, I didn't go to bed that night till 4 30 in the morning. Yeah. Um, you know, and even to this day, um, I got shows this weekend. Even to this day, I know I don't, I don't, I don't come down off my high after I get off stage. Like I have to find ways to come down off that high. And I got I, I figured out cigars help me. That's right. what helped calm everything down you know what i mean and i'm and yep. i just and i just i don't know if i didn't if i didn't find that i would still drive people crazy i'm texting people three o'clock in the morning like man yeah. i'm asleep bro i'm like yo man i got this new bit man this shit. you know <laughs> and, and, and but you're real about what you're saying is real because yeah that high that you get my drinking it was almost like when i got off stage and everything came back to regular i almost yeah. got depressed yeah. And I needed something to take me back. Yeah. I needed that escape again to get back. So I'd wind up getting, you know, and then I, I came up, I came up with a lot of old school comedians. I'm not gonna mention no names that were, you know, there was really drug induced. There was a lot of drugs going on. Yeah. My thing was I wasn't doing coke. I wasn't gonna do no heroin, but liquor was my thing. Yeah. So it was almost like when you got on stage, you was like, all right, let's keep this thing right here. Like, let, let's let's keep let's running. Keep it, like, let's keep going. Yeah. Let's let's keep going. And then I, as I got older, I was like, dog, you <laughs> you gonna kill you? <laughs> you gonna run yourself <laughs> ragged, dog? <laughs> it's, well, it, that's the that's the thing. I mean, we, in this business, there's tons of comedians that I know that got vices that uh, that almost killed them. You know what I mean? And uh, yeah. I was I was I was worried for a lot of my uh, counterparts when the pandemic happened, because I know that a lot of them are dealing with, you know, vices and drug addiction and alcohol abuse and whatever. And that role work was keeping them on schedule at, to not go that route. But yep. when everything shut down, I was like, man, I started praying for some of them. Cause I was like, yo, God this can take you, them bro. over the edge. Like, cause you know, we, we know the stories. Like everybody know the role stories of who I had people I work with. You're not allowed to have a drink around that person. Like yeah. it's in their writer. Like, yo, mm -hmm. you can't drink in the in the green room. Don't ask about drink, don't talk about no alcohol on stage. Like those are in those are in the contract with certain comedians. You know what I mean? So uh -huh. you know, I know, I know what it's like. You know what I mean? So the, the, when I when because we started broadcasting from home and everybody started doing Zoom. Mm. So I was focused. I was like, I'm good. You know what I'm saying? I'm still, I'm still making my virtual meetings because I'm all right. the way in. You know what I'm saying? I'm right. making my virtual AA meetings the whole nine. But the one thing that I can't do that I love to do, but it's something that's always been part of my addiction is I like to isolate, which is weird. Yeah. Like, yeah. dog, I'm really comfortable by myself mm. to a point where it's not really 
it's not really normal until I met other people who do the same thing, right? Right. So I was doing good, working out, whatever, whatever, whatever. I swear on everything. And I'm, I, this is not a joke I wrote. This is the honest truth. I was ordering the same thing from Uber Eats every day, right? Same Word. thing, right? Uh-huh. I never noticed the little boxes up top. And I noticed a box, the little boxes, and it said alcohol. And I said, they'll deliver this shit to me? Yeah. yeah. My, dude, yeah. when I and, and when I hit the button, because I was talking to myself, I was like, let me just see hypothetically if I wanted to. <laughs> okay. This is, this is the mind games I was playing with myself. <laughs> so I tapped it, and the list of the liquor stores came. So I said, let me just wow. hit. I said, they can't have everything. So I tapped <laughs> and them cats had everything. But the fact that you said you was praying for people during the pandemic, yeah, though, man, that yeah. shit was really serious. Like, including myself, mm-hmm. a lot of people went deep over the edge on yeah. that because it was like, what is there else to do? Like, I actually had an excuse to stay home and be motionless. Cats didn't know if their money was gonna come back. They didn't know if clubs clubs started closing. People started, started closing. I started panicking. I started, I was like, man, I made a wrong life choice. Like, 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 no, I was real like, talk. I left my corporate job. You know what I mean? I got twins. Right. I'm like, yo, this is dumb. You know what I mean? And I'm, mm-hmm. I'm putting my resume back out. <laughs> like, I'm like, real dog, like, for real, for real. So, I mean, it was real, it was real deep. And I, particularly, I don't drink at home. Right. I am a social drinker. That's so, beautiful. when I'm out, I'm like, I get a drink. But here's the thing, Mike. I started doing the cigars so I didn't have to spend money on the drinks. Right, so right. I go out somewhere, do a show. We do the chop up after the show, you know, the whole, you know, get up with the comedians or whatever. They right. be at the bar, drink after drink after drink after drink. I be like, yo, let me get one. I'm going to go out here to this patio and smoke the cigar. Right. I feel the same way y'all feel. And I spent $6. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, you know, you know. <laughs> and I'm like, and that <laughs> was real shit. And then other comedians was like, yo, you always got to stick with you. I'm like, yo, bro, I spent $10 on this. I'm going to get a drink and I'm going to feel the same way y'all feel by the time we get done in an hour and a half. And it was like, That's all right, well, you know what I'm saying? And, and that was like part of the reason why I started doing it because I was like, yo, y'all spending way too much money on this. You know what I mean? But some oh, cats be like, yo, man, have another one with me. I'm like, look, dude, I'm going to be here with you. But I'm not gonna keep drinking every time you drink. I'm not gonna do it. You know what I mean? So we love people getting fucked up with us. I, that, we, but that's the we, thing because it's, 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 it's because it's it's like. But you know what? It's it's funny. It's funny, Mike, because you can talk about alcohol and I can talk about uh, cigars. The cigars, I don't really feel like it's a problem for me because I don't do it all the time. Right. But if I smoke one, I get done with one. I go, yo, you want to smoke another one? I'm like, hell yeah, I'll smoke another one. Like, it's like, it's, just, it's that holy, like, why not do another one? You know what I'm saying? I got another no. hour. <laughs> no, and, and I, tell, I tell people, they be like, you, you know, what are your triggers? You know, everybody has a trigger. You yeah. know what I'm saying? And the funny thing is, is, is flying around the country so much, dog, my trigger is getting drunk at airports. Yo, yeah. I love, it's almost yeah. like you like, it's an escape. You're like on a vacation. Just... The airports were the shit for me. Like I just right. love drinking at the bar and getting on the plane, get some more drinks, and then 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 hit wherever you gotta go, whatever. Gotta city. go, right? Exactly. But it's, it's like um, and it's now now for you in a situation that you in, and I haven't been in that situation before, and I know it's hard. 
my whole thing is, is you just have to find a new routine. Like your routine has to change. Like you have to figure out another yeah. way to get that same feeling and, and occupy that time and just find a way not to go down that path. You know what I mean? It's, it's oh, yeah. crazy, you know what I'm saying? But, you know, I mean, I, I've seen people do it. Uh, Bodacious, another one of my comedian friends, he's, he's already been past a year of sobriety. And he's yeah. like, yo, he's like, even when the pandemic hit, I thought I was going to fall. He's like, nah, I, you know, I just right. I found a way. And I was like, yo, that's what's up. You know what I mean? So that, it, that's dope. I, when I go back and I think about the people that came across that stage in Camden and at, and, and at, at Woodbine, mm. JB Smooth. Yes. Kevin Hart. Yes. Uh, I, you name Mike, it, they Mike were Epps. there. Mike Epps. Uh, you name it, they came through that room. Yep. Michael and Blackson. Yep. Michael Blackson. And we were all, and I'm, I mean, I was front row looking at all of that. I mean, I remember one night there was a group of dudes that wanted to fight you. You, <laughs> it was a talent show. We was having like they were y'all was having little talent shows in between the um, <laughs> the acts, right? That had to be Nate. That had to be Nate. <laughs> that was Nate's idea. Nate, that was Nate. And like I said, we look at it now and go, no hell nah. It's Why just, would you do that? That's it, right? So there was a, was a dude that tried to do comedy, and then it was all right. You know what I mean? What bad? You went up there and messed with him after a while. Then there was a rap group. No, they were singing, right? But it was like eight of them, right? <laughs> and you was like, man, y'all came up here singing. It's too many of y'all, man. What the hell? Like, what are y'all? I'm going to call y'all Tang. Like, we weren't saying Wu-Tang. I'm going to call y'all Tang. <laughs> man, and the crowd was laughing so hard, man. Them dudes remember that. Like, they were ready to fight, man. I was like, yo, I said, I don't know how Mike is going to get these mugs up off his ass. But them dudes oh. were congregating and everything. I was like, Tang. I remember saying something like Tang. You know, the fact that you remember that is Tang. Well, you got to realize the space that I'm in, I am an audience member laughing at this shit because it's hilarious to me. I said the same thing to B-flat. I was doing a show in Orlando. And I was opening for Lunell, right? Mm -hmm. And uh, Mark Vieira, uh, Mark Vieira. Shout to Mark. Yeah, Mark, yeah. B-flat, and it was somebody else that came through. They was doing a show in Orlando when they came through to see Lunell, and it was in the lobby of the club. And I was setting up my merchandise, and I'm like, yo, and they was like, yo, you're a comedian? I was like, yeah, my name's Jay Bliss. You know, I live in Charlotte, da 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 But I'm originally from, you know, Philadelphia area, South Jersey, right, blah, right. blah, blah. So I said, B-flat, I said, let me explain something to you. I said, you got to understand how long ago I met you and I saw you perform. I said, you remember Nate Maddox? And she goes, wow. And she just like, she was like, she was like, wow. You used to do the show in Canada. And she was like, yo. And then I was like, yeah. She goes, you do comedy now? I'm like, yeah. And then so we was like chopping it up or whatever. And I was just like, that's what I'm talking about. When I say, people go, you know, this person, that person. I go, dude, I saw them when they weren't even close to being as big as they are. That is funny. I remember J.B. Smooth doing the bit where he was saying, what if uh, gay people had a, a magnet to attached to him and he dragged himself off stage and was stuck, <laughs> to the dude, stuck to the dude in the audience? And I was like, man, this dude is wild. Yo, <laughs> Yo J.B., God bless J.B. Smooth. J.B.'s the only person, two things with J.B. Number one, he, he obviously I knew J.B. before I'd ever seen Bernie Mac. Absolutely. So JB was the first person I ever saw do an intro that got a standing ovation. Yep. Okay. He had an intro yep. that got a standing ovation. Second mm-hmm. thing, 
We did a comedy show at Lincoln or one of them schools around there in Philly, either Lincoln, there's another Ch one. I Cheney. Cheney, and then there's, yeah. I forget which one. <laughs> but they booked all these comedians, including some more. It was me. Anyway, it was about six comedians. Uh -huh. And they put JB at the end. Is the first time I saw JB get pissed because JB was like, why do they always do this to me? After all these fucking comedians done got on stage. All oh, the beast, yeah. Thought is the first time, yo, JB checked my life that night. I got a standing ovation. How did he get a better one? Wow. <laughs> How did he get a better standing ovation? Dog, first of all, I've had about four of them that I could clearly remember. I was super sober. That was like, got him, right? Right. So JB went up there. So people see JB at Kirby Enthusiasm. Yeah. And he's, he's doing amazing things. And he's still amazing. Right. But man, JB was an animal. Yes. Like, dog, he was a fucking problem for real. And he's the nicest dude you will ever meet. Down to earth, and, man. And yeah. I would sit there and just talk to him like, Jay, what made you think? Like, what made you even? When I would watch D JB, I would watch a guy named Freddie Ricks. I don't know if you know who Freddie Ricks yeah, is. Yeah, I do. Uh-huh. Uh, Freddie Ricks, JB. And then when I first was in New York, and I got to sit and watch Dave Chappelle. Yeah. And I was spanking you. He actually got in my car. I gave him a ride from the New York Comedy Club. Him and a guy named Dougie Doug. I don't know if you remember Dougie yeah, Doug. Yeah, I know Dougie Doug, yeah. Okay, him and Dougie <laughs> Doug. We're in my Nissan Sentra, uh, drove over, and I watched Dave Chappelle in two different comedy clubs. And I was like, oh, wait a second. There's a different way to do this. Yeah. Because, you know, when you first get into comedy, you're going to be influenced. Right. You know what I'm saying? And you're going to be influenced by who you're around until you find your voice. Right. And when you find your voice, you go like, and when I was watching Dave Chappelle, I was like, oh, shit, there's another way to do this. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, I could really talk about anything I really feel like talking about. Absolutely. I Absolutely. just have to transfer it into comedy. It doesn't matter what it is. I could really, because everybody can say what they want. When you first get on that stage, you're really not telling your story and you really don't have your voice. You're just trying to be funny. Yeah, in the very beginning, yes. Absolutely. In the very beginning, absolutely. I remember one of the bits that you had. I just got a good memory, man. Um, when y'all walking down the road and y'all holding hands <laughs> and you doing oh a little skip trick. <laughs> In the beginning of the relationship. Yeah. I was like, this dude is literally pantomiming this whole joint. And I'm laughing because yeah. I'm like, yo, that's how people wow. be. <laughs> In the beginning of the relationship. And then you stop holding hands. I was all extra with the whole Right. Oh, and it's, and so think, think about that for a second, Mike. So you got somebody that's telling you what they remember about you back then. You know what I'm saying? That's that's right. all that. You like, damn, I only, I forgot all about, you know what I'm saying? So it's uh, like, those are the things, the influences that people have that they don't know they impact, right? So, you know, um, what was it? Okay, so you was in, you was in Philly, or you was in South Jersey, Philly. Then you went to New York. You I started on, comedy in New York. You started in New York. Okay, and what year yep. was that? I did the Apollo in 97 or 98. So it okay. had to be like, 80, it was in the 90s, like 95. 95, okay, 95. <laughs> so 95, 
And then, so what, where, where did the radio come in at? Like, how did that, how did that happen? Duh, the radio was so crazy. Let me just tell you this. When I got to New York, I was, a, mm. the only reason I started doing, I always loved comedy, but I right. didn't know there was a way that a normal person could do it. <laughs> like, I didn't know. I didn't know. I was like, how, I thought they were like specialty people. Like Eddie Murphy was different. Right. Like Bill, I wasn't like them. There's no way I could do it. Right. So my girlfriend at the time, she was going to college and I was, I was a loser. I wasn't doing nothing. I was just basically, she went to college. I would follow her to college. Wow. I'd hang out at her college yeah. and, and do whatever. Then she went, I was from New York, born in New York. Then she went to graduate school at NYU. So my mm -hmm. loser ass was working on the stock, in the stock room. So I followed her to NYU. While I'm in NYU, she's busy doing real shit. So when we're, we're there on Saturday, we went to a comedy club and I'm sitting, I'm you. I'm the audience member. Yeah, see? Yeah. But I, but I had never seen regular dudes do comedy that were like us. Right. So I saw a Dominican kid named Roberto Vanderpool. Okay. Who wanted to be, okay, so I'm like, wait a second, he's Dominican. So he started doing his thing. He was killing him. And then I stopped thinking about what they were saying. I was like, you know what I would say? I would say, I would have said this and that. Dog, I did the greenest thing a comedian could do. And I know you've been at the bar when somebody comes and says, um, Jay, uh, I want to be a comedian. How do I do it? Yeah. And, and in your mind, you're like, here we go. Right, right. But but that was me. Right. And that motherfucker sent me to an open mic at 3 o'clock in the afternoon, and you had to pay $10 to get on the mic at, at a New York City comedy club. Wow. You see, and, that, that's, and that's crazy, because... And, and I'm the person... I'm approachable. Right, so right, right. Who it is, and you come up to me and say that to me, I'm like, yo, so what you trying to do? You know what I mean? Like, you know, and I'll tell them exactly what they need to do. What yep. I hate is when they go... Hey man, you was good. I get yeah, man, appreciate that. Man, I always, I always thought I was gonna do comedy, man. I'm gonna go ahead, I'm gonna go ahead and go ahead and start. <laughs> you just gonna start now. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, come on, girl. Like, don't disrespect <laughs> me like that. You know what I'm saying? Like, like <laughs> yo, yo. That's when you wanna say fuck you, dog. I know, you like, on, like, yeah, because <laughs> it's, it's so funny to me because and like you know, I, I've had a young dude come up to me um behind stage at an open mic. And uh, he'll go, yo, man, I've seen you before, man. You good or whatever. This is my first time. And I go, hey, man, so, you know, what do you have written down? You know, man, like, what is your, what are you going to talk about? Oh, man, I'm just going to go up there and wing it, man. I'm funny in the barbershop. I go, yo, you're going to bomb, yo. And they be like, nah, nah. And I go, dude, let me tell you something. That five minutes that they're going to give you going to seem like 30. If you don't know what you're going to talk about. And they're like, nah, I mean, I'm going to start off with this. And I go, and that won't get a laugh. <laughs> I said, and then you're going to freeze up and then you're going to start just ad-libbing, talking shit. Yep. And I said, it's going to go left. Dude was swearing me up and down. That's not what was going to happen. That dude went on stage for a minute and 40 seconds. Yeah, yo, that's my time. <laughs> Got <Yeah>. off stage. <laughs> and then, thought he did good. I was like, dude, you like, <laughs> he's like, yo, I was up there for at least uh, like four. I was like, dude, you was up there for a minute and 45 seconds, bro. And like, <laughs> uh, that's the funny. But then, but then on the flip side, you got them special people who go up there and wing it. Uh -huh. Like, like a D.L. Hughley who said, like, D.L. Hughley is a master writer. But yes. when D.L. Hughley first came out, he was like, oh, I just went up there. Him and Robin Harris were just it's, going up there. It, it's it mind-boggling, the interviews that I've had on this podcast, Mike, and people have told me their story 
And I go, that's how you started? And they go, yeah. That's and I it. Go, and, that's, and I was like, you did that for the first year? Like, yeah. I was like, you didn't write nothing? Nah. And I'm like, what? And I go, I go, I knew, I knew better. I, I didn't start until yep. after 30, right? But I knew it was a science. Yeah. I knew I had to be able to write down my premise. And I knew I had to have structure. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And the only thing I didn't know about was callbacks and 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 things of that nature and taglines. I didn't know anything about that. I just knew what I wasn't supposed to do. But that's dope because you 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 missed the pitfalls. You ain't got you ain't you ain't hit the black holes when, right. when, when you were like, how do I get into the next joke? You know what right. I'm saying? Like <laughs> right, right, right. Because right. you there was no segue. <laughs> and the funny thing about with even with the segues, it got I got I went from being having no structure to Woodbine in to almost having too much structure where I was like, I didn't want to miss this particular word because right. this word would Goes trigger, <laughs> it triggers everything. It's just one word, I can't fuck it up. I got to make sure I say this and don't get too caught up. Yeah. Into, because even to this day, I'm always thinking about how am I going to get into the next joke? So I'll be killing it and I'm like, okay, let's make sure I'm here, but now I got to make sure I'm transitioning into this. I go, okay, I'm good. So it gives me a second to think about it, but you, you beat that. Listen, do you know, do you know that there are, there are things within my set that I turn a certain way to tell the punchline so that okay. I can look at my timer to see where I am on my set. Oh, and I, yeah, know, I, I know, I know whether I'm ahead or behind schedule. You know what I'm saying? And then people, people don't even know that's me going on. Like, I got to turn to the right to say this joke, but I turn that way because I know that's time for me to look at my timer in that joke. Duh. You know what I'm saying? And it's crazy because, like, I I know about that whole structure thing, right? But the segue part, right? We've I've learned through time, you don't even have to have a segue because you can say, hey, speaking of fat pregnant women, and They'll be like, "What? What are you talking about?" <laughs> and like, you go, "That's my, that's my segue." Like, like. <laughs> but Jay, you know what my problem was when, especially when I was doing colleges, I would write the out. I, I would have. I didn't. First of all, I never sat down and just literally wrote a bunch wrote. of stuff. Okay. Okay. Like everything was, I thought it over in my head a bunch of times, a bunch of times, a bunch of times, and then I would go, "Let me get the key, the topic, and the key punchline," and then I'd leave. And then I come back, but I'm doing it over and over and over again in my head. So, okay. But this is the problem. I literally had a segue to every joke. This is how yeah. anal I got. Yeah. And what was bad about it is that sometimes a joke rips. You know, a joke is about the rip when you're, when they laughing at the setup, the setup. Absolutely. When you got them already fucked up at the setup. So now your adrenaline is coming up, so you don't know if you want to jump from the free throw line to dunk or if you want to bring it down to your knees. <laughs> so, and then, like anything else, if you're killing it, now you're going to have more things that you're going to add to the joke because Absolutely. you're in that zone. Absolutely. But, but that would be, once I start adding shit, I realize I'm like, I missed the segue. Yeah. I would it, literally in my head go like, I the segue. I remember being that anal about my yeah. set, right? But then, like, it's a it's a great graduation <laughs> when you realize all that ain't necessary. It ain't necessary. Like, it's Fuck like it. um, yeah. when you when you have the and then like when you just said when you have the um the premise or the setup that has everybody laughing, 
and yep. you know that kills and you actually have time to go grab your drink and get a drink while yes. they pondering the bullshit that you just said. Yeah, <laughs> in your mind you're like, okay, all right, all right, all right, all right go ahead. Like, like, like the last minute, yeah, yeah, lead on that because I'm about to figure out how I'm gonna kill the rest of this. <laughs> so, like the last, I have a one man show that I'm working on, all based on my addiction. Nice. So, I actually did an hour at the Improv out here in Dallas, mm -hmm. and um, and I did the and this is another thing about the older you get in comedy. There are nights that you know what you're trying to accomplish on that stage. Yeah. And you know, I'm not going to destroy this place tonight because right. I really need to do these jokes. Right. Like I need to work this. I have to try this. And cause you can always bail and go to your, and go to your catalog. Right. But the, the, the great thing about that night was I took, I haven't taken notes on stage in so long dog. I took the notes on that bitch. Right. Yeah, yeah. And and I was getting it. And then, like you said, when you realize you don't need the segue, something came in my mind to a joke that I had just thought about that afternoon. Mm -hmm. And I and it, it just it got me. And I was like, and I put it down, I put it in my phone real quick, and then I was killing it. And then I was like, Are you really gonna try this brand new joke to close the show? Like, are you really gonna do it? And we sold out. The place is sold out. I said, Are yeah. you really? Are you really? And I said, why the fuck not? That's ballsy though. Yeah, 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 yeah. I said, why not? I said, and and God, you know, it was it worked out. Right. And that and I got myself another closer. Like I, that joke hey. turned into another closer. And I was like, cool. Right. But there's certain nights, like me and Rudy, you know Rudy Rush. Yeah. Rudy Rush is uh he's from um South Carolina. Oh, he lived out there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. He, and he uh, he went to he went to high school with some of the friends I went to college with, and they were telling me about Rudy when I first started doing comedy. Like, you got you got yeah. you got to know Rudy Rush. Yeah, yeah. So me and him were having a conversation. He was like, "Sometimes you got, we could all get on fire. Just like, look, I'm just gonna go up here and I'm just gonna go joke to joke to joke mm -hmm. to joke to joke to joke. And then there's sometimes you like, I really want to tell this story, and it's gonna have to be quiet in this bitch for like four or five minutes." And guess what? You got to be comfortable with it. Absolutely. Absolutely. You got to be totally comfortable with that journey of four, five, six, seven minutes. But realize when you setting some shit up like that, that when you come. That payoff. <laughs> right. That payoff. It better be hilarious or it better be fucking inspirational like a Just, motherfucker. Right. <laughs> I've, I've, told, I've told storytelling comedians that starting out. I said, go, mm -hmm. let's be careful about them stories, man. And they used to be like, why? I go, because listen, that's a lot of time to get that yep. story out. And if it ain't funny and your next joke is another story, that's a whole <laughs> <of> silence. <laughs> so like, if you got to open another book and you got to open that bitch, page one. So the day started. <laughs> I was like, so, you know, I, it's funny because it is gutsy, and I have some bits. I have some bits in my in my sets that I do that are very story oriented and takes a long time. But like you said, person playing pool in the back. If, that's if, not the yeah. That's not the place. If, but but here's the thing. <laughs> I've been in places like that, Mike. Uh, BQE in Atlanta. Man, listen, Sean, yep. like Sean Larkin's room, right? Uh. And I went in there, and it's a bar. And they got the glasses clinking, people in there chit-chatting at the bar, da 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 Man, I went up there. I got about seven minutes in. 
I got to this 10 minute mark. I started doing this long story. Man, you can hear a mouse pistol on cotton in there. That's what it's about. And they got, and they was like, yo, you had him. Like, like, do it. I'm sitting there like, yo. No. And they was like, yo, I ain't never heard it that quiet in there. And I was like, yo, I said I had him. Cause they was, they, it was all the power, power jokes up front. And I was like, but I had to do this bit cause I had a show that following weekend and I wanted to work on that bit. And I said, I'm only here. This is an open mic for me. I don't even live in Atlanta. I was like, so I'm here. Yeah. I'm going to do this new bit. You know what I mean? I'm like, I, if I get booed, I don't, I don't live here. I don't care. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so, yeah. But when you killing them and you bring them to silence the way you want them, mm-hmm. man, that's the control factor in that situation. And that goes back to that fearlessness of doing all them crazy ass places that we've had to perform at. Absolutely. And, and you got to dig back in there and be like, oh, I don't, I care. I do care. Mm-hmm. But I can't care enough for you to stop me to do what I'm about to do. Like, I'm not the comedian who says, I don't give a fuck. Like, I got a joke that I'm like, you know, a lot of comedians say that I don't give a fuck what y'all think. And I go, I do care. Like, right. I'm on stage, I said, I really <laughs> do care. I, but I just don't care enough right. not to say the shit I must say because this is, <laughs> this is all I got. But right, I do right. want to. I do want her to like me for real. <laughs> it's it's funny, man. I I um I would if you if you would have told me back in '96, uh, hey man, you gonna do comedy one day? I would have like, man, no, not me. You know what I mean? Like, oh. but for everybody else outside looking in, who were friends of mine, and I tell them I do comedy. Oh yeah, that makes sense. Like Jay always made us laugh. Oh, he that always makes sense. yeah. So to me, it was just it's weird how everything came full circle and like we we talked like through text messaging like back in the day like i was like yeah. talking about I mean, when i come to texas or if i'm up in the area you had a room at one time when you yeah still up in the northeast and i was like yo i'm trying to come back up there or whatever then you move to texas and i'm like man and it was like even people from Willingboro was like you know mike sean i'm like yeah they're like yo come on down to texas man won't you because i'm waiting for you to come to dallas i'm like yo it don't work like that they was like oh all right <laughs> i was like it don't work like that i can't get on the phone with michael sean i'm like yo can you book me I'm like it don't work like that y'all like i don't need to come to dallas and like they gonna put me on stage you know what i'm saying so it was like a it was like a good thing but i told him look man when i get to your town just come and bring everybody you can bring that's all i got all the only thing i can ask you know what i'm saying but yeah. how, how was the transition from just going to Texas? Like, how was it for you for comedy and everything else? It, it, it wasn't as bad as it would have been if it would have happened a while ago. Like, because yeah. I, me- I remember the shock factor of, of leaving the East Coast and starting to go to North Carolina and yeah. going down South because yeah. in my cocky mind, the only thing that meant anything was telling jokes in New York and in Philly and then right. going to like places like Detroit <laughs> and being like, I can't joke about his his, his uh gators because the whole crowd got gators. <laughs> I can't joke about your suit. The whole crowd got these suits. Oh, <laughs> so so going down south, like I remember performing in Hattiesburg, Mississippi, with Michael Blackson. Yeah. Now, mind you, that was a culture shock for real going right. out there. So when I came out here. The only thing was the lingo was a little different, but you know, with social media, it wasn't that drastic a change. It was just, you know, instead of, you know, I'm Puerto Rican, instead of seeing Puerto Ricans, I saw Mexicans. Yeah. And you know what I'm saying? And I met up with the comedians out here, just like anywhere else. You go to the spot, you start hanging out, you start seeing who's like the dope dudes, who, who are cool, you know, who's yeah. the funny, funny, who's yeah. everything. There's always levels to every city where people put certain people on a pedestal. 
And the radio thing just worked out for me. Like it was just yeah. something, I just backed into it, dog. I did, because you asked me a while ago, how yeah, I got yeah. the radio, how I got the radio. So I was just doing a comedy show. I had come from out of town. I was back in Philly and they wanted us to promote the comedy show on a radio station. And the station was the new station. It was Philly 103.9. I remember when it came out. I do. Yep. So Mike Fox was the, the afternoon guy, the drive home guy. Yep. So I just did an interview with him and he's super cool. He's the reason why I'm in radio. So I started joking because I didn't care. I was just yeah. like, I'm just here to promote. Like I'm a comedian. Right. Right. He was like, yo, you should come back next Friday. And I was like, and do what? He said, just come in the five o'clock hour. You can talk about whatever you want to talk about. I was like, well, you know, I'll see. And, you know, cocky as ever, I'll see. I didn't yeah. think nothing of it. Right. So I went back up there one Friday. I went back up there another Friday. I was there every Friday. Next thing you know, he just gave me a show. That's what's up, dude. Like, like, and then, like I said, man, you never know. I mean, you, you never, know. never know, man. And I, like I said, it was dope because I think about, I remember when 103 came out. I mean, that was the yep. first, first month they had no, it was, it was just all music. It was all music. Yeah, the music and commercials, no DJs. And I was like, yo, yep. so they just going, what they going, just blue Power 99 away? And it was like, yep. yo, when they came out, people had a choice. They was like, yo, I can listen to this, I can listen people, to that. People had a choice. That's right. And I always say this. I told everybody, dog, it's so easy if you're just not an asshole to people. Absolutely. If you're just not an asshole to people, dog. I've gotten two jobs. This job in Dallas, um, I got this job based on a, a lady named Kendra G. And uh -huh. she was working and I was doing the middays. Everybody thought I should have got the afternoon. She got the afternoons. She came in. She was super nice, but she's super extra. Kendra G is, is 100 miles an hour, right? Right. But we just happened to get along. I just wasn't being an asshole. We, was just, we actually had a conversation. We would talk back and forth. She's the chick that got me the job in Dallas like eight years later. Here's the crazy thing, Mike. Now, if you had been an asshole type person that was mad that you didn't get the position that you thought you were supposed to get, it would have never happened it because we, 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 get, we get hung up on our ego. You know what I'm exactly saying? Like, right. how many comedians exactly. do you know that's an asshole to a younger comedian? Dave Chappelle brought it up on the, on the thing he talked about. Yes, he the did. The took the joke from him, and everybody know who that is. Yo, but we was like, yo, that's bullied wild. Him. And bullied him. Was like, yo, I'll take it. And we've seen stuff like that happen. And I go, yo, I don't ever want to be that asshole to that younger comedian. I don't. And I never have been. Dislike me. Dislike me simply because you don't like me. But it's not because I was an asshole to you. I try my best. Like, you know what I'm saying? I've, I've, we all got our days where we, might, we may not be at the top of our kindness game. You know what I'm right, saying? Right, right, right. Oh, you might have caught me, and I just found out that my girl knows everything that's going on, or, or something. <laughs> and I, I, I might have just found out. Right, right. But I'm like, dog, like, whatever. And I hate to sound like this because it sounds so cliche. Whatever is meant for me is going to happen. Absolutely, absolutely. Whatever is meant for Jay is going to happen. It's not yeah. about he didn't take nothing from me. I ain't take nothing from everybody. Was always like you. Do you ever think about Kevin Hart and how he blew up? And, and, and this is what they do. This is shit that they do. And I love these motherfuckers who try, who try and slightly diss Kevin thinking I'm going to co-sign it. Right, right. Be, because we came up together. Motherfucker, right. Right. let me tell you something. What he's done, I'm not basing this on top five comedians. I don't, I'm doing this on what he's accomplished. Yeah. 
dog, if you don't admire it, I don't know what else he can do. First of all, he's not doing it for us. But my thing is, I admire that work ethic. So we were having this conversation. I'm not going to name the comedians. Yeah, so yeah. we were all, everybody was at the bar. And here it comes. I know it's coming. So-and-so ain't that funny. I'll go, okay. I, I don't get into this because comedians, <laughs> dog, comedians have a bad habit of being the worst critiques ever. We want to critique everything about it's, everybody. It's, it's, it is so crazy because I'm like, um, we know from no, we know more than anybody that comedy is subjective. So well, it is, dog. My whole thing is, is what makes me laugh and what makes me go, that was clever as fuck. It's two different things. Two. And I can laugh my ass off at a silly ass joke, but I could love a joke that I never laughed at. Exactly. You see what I'm saying? <laughs> so <laughs> the stuff that I think is hilarious is stuff that I don't laugh at. I just Absolutely. don't like. I go, damn, that was good. You know what I'm saying? Like, so, yeah. so, so we're all they're having this conversation, and I'm not in this. First of all, I'm gonna be. I, I, I just admire what Mike Epps has done. I admire what Kevin Hart has done. I admire a ton of dudes. I, I admire what what a, Mike Blackson has done. I admire yes. his yeah. grind. So they kept going, and Cats was like going, and I said, I'm just gonna put this little thing in here, y'all. Um, I don't want to talk about like what you think about this talent or this joke or whatever. I said, does anybody in this cipher that we're having right now work harder than him? Yep. I said, just keep it a hundred right now. Just keep it a buck real quick. Because I remember when I was happy to be on a flyer in New York, Kevin wasn't happy to just be on a flyer. I remember when I was happy just tearing down black rooms, Kevin wanted to go to the white room. Right. You know what I'm saying? So I was like, yeah, like sometimes, like we just got to appreciate other mm -hmm. people's success. Like I, it just it just curves me, and I go like, and that and that's why I stay away from those conversations. Right. Because people try and pull you in, and they want to get your your opinion. And my thing is like, the only opinion I need to have is what the fuck I just said on stage and what I think about it. That's all Absolutely. I need to have. Unless we go argue about LeBron and Michael Jordan, then we can start arguing. Then we can we argue, right? Yeah. Because yeah. I, I look, I look at, I look at how things turned and how things went went like through the roof, right? And it goes back to another point of just don't be an asshole, right? Just don't be an asshole. Think about what gave Kevin his biggest success. And it was, and everybody goes back to that one premiere of the Shaq All-Stars show. Yep. That Shaq All-Stars show. Now remember who was on that lineup. Anybody could have blew up from that one. So you had D-Ray Davis was on there. D-Ray was on it. Ari Spears was on there. Yep. Kevin was on there, right? So mm -hmm. you, you had them on the show. Kevin set was fucking crazy. D Ray set was fucking just as good. Aries set was just as good. Yeah. Right? Aries got bitter real quick. Kevin took the fuck off off that shit, right? Mm -hmm. And I think back to it and I go, Aries, what you bitter for? I know you bitter because you was on that same show. And that shit, that could have easily been you that took off for that shit versus Kevin. But think about it for a second. Who's the asshole all the time? Now, who ain't? And <laughs> this is my podcast, so I can say what the fuck I want. <laughs> so, so, uh, so. But it's, it's that quick. And D-Ray, D-Ray could have felt the same way, but D-Ray, 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 no. be D-Ray. D-Ray don't give a fuck. D-Ray, like, I got my own lane, own money, and do what yes. I do. I'm yes. not going to go, yo, why not me? Kevin got what he got because he was ready. 
And not only was he ready, he had a plan and he took that shit and ran with it. And he ran with it. He capitalized. He never stopped. He never got satisfied. Look, I'm just, there's a, there's a time when you could be like, dog, Kevin's work ethic, I'm just not built on that level of work ethic. <laughs> like, I, like, I strive to make, <clears throat> when I see him, it makes me want to make my work ethic better. Right. You know what I'm saying? So it's always room for improvement because there are a lot of opportunities you miss and stuff like that. But my thing is, like you said about D-Ray Davis, he's the perfect example. D-Ray Davis is fucking hilarious, dog. Yes. And, and D just does his thing. But if you want to see somebody, how about Tony Woods? Tony, Tony Woods, Woods is one of the, one of the most dopest comedians ever. And you will never hear a disparaging word come out of Tony Woods. The last time I saw Tony, Tony's the chillest dude, comfortable in his own skin, doing the what, what he does. Yeah, yep. Because here's the thing. Some people's level of success is what's in their, their mind yeah. only holds what their success is. So that, yo, you could be bigger. And they be like, well, who say I ain't happy where I am right now? Like, Brian, Brian Regan makes way more money than everybody thinks he makes. What? And does way more shows than what everybody thinks he does. But he's not a he's not a well-known name in society. Yeah, in mainstream society. We exactly. all know him. Yeah. We all know him, right? So then I'll go, okay, look at that. But to him, he's a huge success. He is. Yeah. But people be yeah, like, well, right, yeah. he ain't as big as Kevin Hart. I'm like, listen, dude, he like, was bigger I'm than just... Kevin Hart before Kevin Hart was big. Yo. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like, what you want me to do? Like, everybody right. can't. Like, so if I'm Tony Parker, you're going to be like, what? But you ain't LeBron James? Bitch, I'm still Tony Parker. <laughs> <laughs> I won NBA championships. <laughs> That's, That's a perfect example. That's your funniest. <laughs> What you want me to do? <laughs> Yo, I don't even funny. care. I don't even care if you're Derek Fisher. Fuck, right. you did it. You, you did Derek it. Fisher, man. Shoot, and, 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 and you smashing the other dude's wife. But yeah. <laughs> like, so, uh, I don't want Mad Barnes coming for me. But oh my hey, god, man. Yo, that was funny. Yo, what I like to do on the Blizzard Ignorant podcast, man. If you ever watch the Actors Studio, man, with James Lipton. He would Always. fire questions off with the guests. So I did the Got same it. thing, but I remixed it a little bit. So I'm going to hit you off with these questions. Uh, what's your favorite word? Uh, content. Content. Content yeah, is your favorite being, word. Okay. Being content. Like uh, most Ooh. of my life, I spent not being content. And I've always been running towards something. And I've never, like, like this moment right now, I'm enjoying yeah. it. No I'm doubt. enjoying talking to you instead no of thinking doubt. about what I'm doing afterwards. Absolutely. That's what's up. No doubt. Yeah. Uh, what's your least favorite word? My least favorite word. Oh, damn. My least favorite word. I think I hate to be overdramatic. Death. Death. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's a necessary evil. Everybody's going yeah. to deal with it. I don't want that day to come, but, you know, I'll prepare my yeah. kids. For it. I'll prepare my kids for it. I even have conversations with them now as young as they are. Like that wow. ain't gonna be here, you know what I mean? So wow. enjoy the time that we have, but I always explain to them, my daughters are 13, right? But what I explain to them is, is it's my job to get you in a position that when mm -hmm. it's my time to leave, you're set. Yep. And I've yep. taught you everything that I could teach you. You know what I'm saying? Yep. But if I leave before that time, only thing you need to know is I love you more than anything in the world. So it's like, that's, good stuff. that's like all you can really do. But like, 
they hear it, but they're like, we don't want to talk about that bad. They go, hey, I'm just, I'm just letting you know you got to be prepared for it. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Just letting you know. Just letting you know. So right. I can say it with a smile on my face so you can remember the smile. That yeah, I'm remember the smile, with. exactly. Yeah. That's why I take as many videos and pictures as I can. You know what I mean? Um, my, uh, my slogan behind me there is TTBS. TTBS stands for that's that bullshit. Mm-hmm. That's that bullshit. Is anything and everything absolutely no control over your life. So in your mind, what's that's that bullshit to you? In my mind, what's that's that bullshit? Yeah, what's that bullshit to you? Yeah. The expectations that other people have of you that they believe that you're supposed to meet. Mm. And for some reason, if you don't meet them, they believe you ain't make it or you ain't do it. Oh, that was, oh, that, that, the yeah. definition of success. That, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. Yeah, your expectations don't like my expectations are the only thing that matters to me. That's all, all I'm worried about. Your right. expectations, I really don't care because you right. think my life is sweet no matter what happens. Right, right, right. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? They no think our, they think our lives are sweet no matter what. We tell jokes for a living, we get paid, they think right. it's all good. Well, they well, I mean, and, and part of it is our fault, you know, what people post, you know, we, we post oh, shows, yeah. oh, sold out show this. I'm like, dude. You in the green room, show the audience, man. Let them people know it's only 10 people out there, man. Don't do that. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> which, is dope, which is dope when you do it. Like, I love, I've seen, not a lot, but I've seen people go like, yo, this is this show. And they've been in the green room talking like this show ain't really popping like that, but we still going to go kill it. Yeah. Just buy, some, just buy some tickets for tomorrow, y'all. Like, yeah. Like, and be real. Right. Be real. <laughs> you pull up in the, I, you know, I should pull up in a parking lot, take a picture of the parking lot. Like, yo, show in 10 minutes. Look at this parking lot. This shit empty as hell. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, 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 I said, what's going on in Cincinnati? I know, right? I know. <laughs> <laughs> the, opposite of, the opposite of that's that bullshit. So, what is the shit to you? What is the shit? Damn, what is the shit to me? Like, when you mean what is the shit, just like what? Just what's like, damn, that's the shit, though. Like, ain't nothing better than it. You know what I mean? To you. You know what I mean? Because, you know, the opposite is that's that bullshit. You ain't got no control of it. But what is the shit to you? The shit is when you in a, an environment that is so, you're so comfortable. And the fact that you're in it, it could be your family. But mm. sometimes I have it with certain friends where the trust is so thick that you realize everything going on right now is authentic. Oh man, no fakeness, man. Yeah, yeah, there's no everything we talking about. Everything is 100% real. Nobody, if you lost your job and you struggling, you gonna say it right now, and you know there's no judgment zone. Matter of fact, the flip side is gonna be like we're really gonna be like, well, let's see how we can work this out so we can get you some bread and start work and start and start moving on to the next step. Dog, when that pandemic first happened, right in March, my cash app went ham. Mm. And I felt like overwhelmed, bro. All I wow. did was all I did was I posted a picture of my t-shirt that I sell, the, the slogan on the back. Mm-hmm. And I said, yo, my shows got canceled for the month. But I'm still selling these shirts. Y'all hit me up. Let me know if y'all want some shirts, and I will mail them out to you. $25. The money is included for the shipping, right? Y'all can't start ordering these shirts, yo. That's and so dope. They, and then people were just sending money through Cash App, like, yo, keep your shirt, bro. Wow. And they were just hitting me, bro. And I called my ex-wife and she was like, what you gonna do about money? I'm like, yo, I just got, and I told the amount, 
And she goes, from who? I was like, yo, from all these people just sent me money. I was like, I'm straight for like the next two months. And she was wow. like, what? And I was just like, yo, people just understood. I mean, it's early That's on dope. though that in this whole pandemic. So they didn't know they was gonna lose their jobs going down the line. You know what I'm saying? Right, right. And they was right, like, yo, right. this all he got. We got to hit this dude off. You know what I mean? And I, that right there was the shit to me. And that's what I mean when you say 100%. And I haven't forgot anybody that sent me money through that whole process. Like, I like I got to find a way to hold them down when this thing come back open. You know what I mean? But you know, that's a certain energy that you sent out. Oh, yeah. It, your your personal self, there's an energy about you that you sending out that's the right, that's the right energy. Mm-hmm. Because there's something I really believe in that bad. I've been in a bad energy place mm-hmm. where I know I was putting out right bad energy, and I realized it was coming right back to me. I hate to get real Erica Badu on that shit. Nah, anyway. nah, that's, that, makes sense. <laughs> yeah, that makes sense. Nah, absolutely. So if uh, if no one knew who Michael Sean was, and I had to introduce you to the world, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, what's your walk on music? Oh, now I really feel like I'm at a comedy show. <laughs> um, <laughs> my walk on music yeah oh why did i always want to come out to jesus walks <laughs> but i know but but jay i know what's about to come out my mouth is going to be so opposite dude this, that's one of those situations where you you brought out you just said the premise i'm laughing before you even get to the joke man that's what <laughs> <laughs> oh, I just that, that boom, boom, yeah, boom, yeah, boom, boom, boom. Maybe, maybe just do the instrumental. <laughs> yeah, do the instrumental. <laughs> Cause I'm like, yo, you might as well come out the instrumental, Pharaoh much. Yep. You know what? That's a good one. Pharaoh much. Simon said that's a hard song. <laughs> yes, sir. But though, I'm going back and forth with <laughs> Jesus Walks. And I'm like, no, nah, I'm not going to talk about Jesus. I'm, I'm oh, good. that's hilarious, bro. <laughs> um, all right, so <laughs> you retired from the game. You know, it's over. You ain't doing jokes no more. You, you done uh-huh. with the comedy game. What's your walk-off music? Oh, man, the walk-off music. Shit. Um, damn. The walk-off music. Yeah. Fuck. That's a good fucking question. You retire from the yeah. game and you walk off. Walk music. off music, man. Damn, I'd probably be so old school because it's gonna be a Stevie Wonder song. No, oh, okay, okay. Um, the song "As" is called "As." Yeah, yeah. Oh, I got you. Until the times and I got you. I yeah, got you. Yeah. yeah, that's your joint yeah. right there. That's like my finale in the gym. Okay, <laughs> so you got the playlist, and yeah. that, that, you already That's know you it. got 45 minutes when that joint come on, right? <laughs> when it, I already know when that son of a bitch says, Do you know that true love acts for nothing? <laughs> and he goes, Her acceptance is a rainy day. I said, yeah. This motherfucker said she accepted a rainy day. <laughs> yo, that's funny, yo. That's funny. It probably be a Stevie Wonder song because yeah. in the middle of my in the middle of the gym, there's always some hardcore. It's always something. It's always a Nas who shot you or something like that. Right, right, right. Um, so if you if you had any other profession other than your own, whether it be mm-hmm. radio or comedy, what do you think you would be doing? I would have done. I, the only thing I would have went to college for was for advertising, sales and advertising. Yeah, yeah. I still I still think of commercials to this day as I'm watching them. Like oh, I've written that, yeah. I've written down commercials 
I have a commercial for Usain Bolt that if I ever meet him, I'm telling you. You pitching it? I'm I'm pitching. I'm pitching the commercial. It's the ultimate. He's the fastest man in the world. Right. Whatever sneaker he's wearing, he just fly. I'm just saying, fuck it. He flies right. by you like pew. And the person goes, You seen Bolt? Oh, I <laughs> <laughs> got you. Yo, it's funny. By- <laughs> it's funny. It's funny you say that. It's because it's like, what who better than to create commercials than comedians, right? Like, you know, you think about like uh, our, how our mind works and how things happen. Like, I always felt like the bet one of the best things in the world was like when Acura got rid of the Acura Legend. Uh huh. And they they got rid of it because it was like the name Legend was bigger than the name Acura. Because you know the hood took it over. It was like, yo, I gotta give me a Legend. We you forgot that Acura legend. even made the shit, right? That's so they real got rid tough. of it and they only put numbers. After that, they just only did the the numbers, right? So the perfect advertisement would be in 2025 bring that bitch back the legend and the advertisement says some legends never die some legends every never black die. person in their mama gonna buy them an accurate legend like that the, was a car to have yo the legend <laughs> the legend with the ground effects on it <laughs> matter of fact my fiance, her dad had the Acura Legend. It was blue four door with the ground dog. That is true. They, yes. I never knew they got rid of the name the Legend because it was bigger than the Acura the, name. It was the the, the 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 car name was bigger than the actual name of the uh, the, the brand. That's a so, good story. And that's and that's what happened. And you got to think when you think about it, yo, people called it Legend. They didn't call yeah. it the Acura Legend. They call now it, people it, yeah. say accurate. People say accurate now, but they want to say accurate back then because nobody wanted any other car from accurate but the legend. But the legend, and then the accurate had the accurate Integra, the little sports, the little sports joint. But the legend was the main. The legend was the, the one. That was the one. It was like the Diamante when the Diamante was. Like, everybody wanted the Diamante. The they didn't Diamante. want it. Right? <laughs> so it was like, it's like the Diamante. <laughs> the Diamante. That's funny shit, yo. So that's what it that's what it was. So yeah, man. Um, that's funny. Yeah. So um I, I think I think that's a good that was that's a good job. Like that would be a good job to have, like coming up with those like that uh, was that was the only thing I was down to, to go to college for to actually I think I I only applied for one college because I did not want to go to college because I was really anti I was anti-establishment. I was anti-everything. Yeah. So Wh- um where'd you apply to go to? It was the school in Pennsylvania near Pittsburgh. Uh-huh. It was it was, man, what the fuck was? Because I remember it was so crazy because, you know, you always see the movies where the kid goes to the mailbox and they pull out the college thing and right. they made it. Right. I didn't even tell my parents I made it. I just opened it. And mind you, I lived in a nice little suburban place yeah. in Mount Laurel. Yeah. And I saw it. It was a university. Of, it starts with a P. Oh, oh shit. Oh, it was, it was close to Pittsburgh. It was, uh, okay. anyway... I opened it and I made it. Wow. I don't know how I did because my, my grades were cool, but it was nothing. Right. Like, Earth shattering, <laughs> right? But that would be the only thing advertising. I was always like, dog, I would really like to make commercials. And I was like, I just never, never went forward with it. Yeah. You know, but that was something sales and marketing because I had a sales and marketing class and that was the only class I really paid attention in. It was like, you got to be creative. 
Right, right. I, and I, rem I was in college and uh, had a professor that came to our school my junior year. He was like, you got a marketing mind. You should be a marketing major. I was like, dude, you got enough money to send me to school for another year after this? I was like, I'm a business management major. I said, I got one more year to go. I ain't got time to be changing majors. He's like, he, was like, he was like, he said, I just like you. You, you got a marketing mind. I'm like, dude, you got here a year too late, bro. Like, what school a, did you go to? I went to Johnson C. Smith. I went to um, HBCU down in Charlotte, man. So, yeah, and uh, and then I and we I have a I have a podcast I do on Tuesday nights called HBCU Stories, and I bring four people on and we just talk about our HBCU experience and how it changed our lives and, and everything like that, man. Because them black schools do they 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 cultivate us a little bit different, bro. It's like a hand holding type situation. No, uh, just performing at them schools was amazing to me. I, I did, I, and I, I did, I did, I did my school with Michael Blackston. Oh, you did? They brought me back. He goes, yo, they boo kids here. I was like, yeah, they boo people at, at this school. I was like, I went to school here. He's like, you went to school there? I was like, yeah. And dude, I struggled at my school, but I was I was a graduate. They introduced me like, yo, this is alumni at John C. Smith University. Y'all give it up for Jay Bliss. I get out, they have clapped me. I said, yo, I know you just heard this bitch tell y'all I graduated from this damn school. And everybody was like, you know, they was kind of clapping. I was right. like, yo, I said, freshmen still don't have... um." Co-ed visitation. They was like, no. I said, y'all still fucking down at the science hall? And they, that's when they lost. They yeah. like, oh. like, this nigga win here. I was like, hell yeah, win here. I just told y'all. Like, Stay away from that third bench, yo. Like, like, <laughs> it was like, one of them. And then Mike, like Mike, Mike killed it. You know what I'm saying? They had a good time or whatever. So it was, it was dope, man. So appreciate you coming in, man. Hey, we got to do this real cool. We got to do this real soon, man. And, uh, Thanks for being a guest on the Bliss is Ignorant podcast, man. We're going to get up next time, man. No doubt. Thanks for having me, big dog.